Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows on respectlifedenver.com. Today, our special guest is Lewis Brown. He is the Executive Director of Christ Medicus Foundation, a Catholic healthcare nonprofit dedicated to sharing the love of God in healthcare. He's also an attorney, formerly served at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and was on Capitol Hill as a congressional staffer. And so, Lewis, I appreciate you uh, taking time to talk to us today. It's a blessing to be with you, Deacon. And so what I want to do is uh, talk about the recent article you wrote on public discourse. It's called Healthcare, the Greatest Pro-Life Political Battle of Our Time. Uh, what what prompted you to write this, and uh, how important is this for people to really pay attention to? Uh Thank you, Deacon, and uh, really grateful to be on your show. Um, what prompted me to write this um, is that God has put on my heart um, the desire to be a bit of a Paul Revere um, on health care for uh, the Catholic community in particular. Um, so many of us are appropriately focused um, on uh, you know, the pro-life movement, and, and pro-life legislation in the state legislatures uh, and at the federal level, and that's vital. We must continue to do that with maximum determination, continue to fight that fight. Um, but so many of the forces within, um, uh, the, within the healthcare industry and the culture are saying, okay, you, you all can focus on uh, different pro-life legislation, the state and the federal level, and the defunding of Planned Parenthood and all that, which we should be focused on, but they're kind of doing an end-run around and setting the terms of the debate um, by establishing what the healthcare system looks like. And I want to wake the Catholic community up and the pro-life community up, of which I am 10,000% apart, uh, and help them understand uh, that the playing field upon which all the pro-life issues are determined is in healthcare, and the person, the 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 the, the philosophical and um, theological underpinnings um, of our healthcare system is what will determine whether uh, uh, we protect the unborn, whether we protect pregnant women, whether we protect the dignity of human life, uh, because so much so much of that is dealt with uh, in the healthcare industry, in the healthcare system. Uh, so. Really all- yeah, I was going to say, so you're, you know, in the very beginning of this article, you talk about, you know, basically the train wreck a single-payer federal-controlled health care system would be. I mean, right. basically, it's socialism, right? Let's put the government in charge of all this to right. determine who lives, who dies, who gets services, who doesn't get services. It basically right. takes out of the hands of the people every decision. Right. That's exactly, that's exactly right. And, and, and... The biggest thing I can tell uh, your viewers, Deacon, is that when we think of uh, the pro-life issue, um, we have to think about health care. They're not segmented. They're not two separate issues. Really, they're one and the same. And so that's why um, we as mission-driven Catholics uh, who want to infuse the country uh, and in particular, uh, uh, you know, uh, different parts of the culture uh, with the love of God. Uh, when we think about being pro-life, we need to think about how do we do that within healthcare. 
those things have to be uh, thought of in a synonymous way as, a part, as opposed to uh, compartmentalized. Yeah, I mean, so basically we're looking, we're looking at the dignity of a human life, right? Whereas right. if we don't fight for that, the system that a lot of these people, and I'll call them people be kind, that are running for president want to take out of our hands. I mean, they want abortion on demand. I mean, they're going to dictate what doctors can or can't do. And really, in the end, there is no dignity to the human person. It's just what's going to be in the best interest and the lowest cost for the government. Right. So if that's exactly right, Deacon. If pro-abortion forces um, uh, create a new health care system, which is what they would do with Medicare for All or any type of single payer, and really probably even a public option, um, they they would be engineering the total takeover of healthcare by the culture of death. That's what it would be. And to you know, we should be focused on these state legislative fights. We must be. These federal legislative fights, vital, so important. Um, but as we're focused on there, uh, again, I think strategically, um, you know, Planned Parenthood, other organizations, um, they're they it's essentially to an extent it's a diversionary tactic where they're coming around and within, uh, on in terms of legislatively, and in terms of the culture, um, they're talking about healthcare all day, all night, and we're not. And that, and, and and so it's a it's a tactical mistake. We must be focused on the fights at hand, the legislative struggles to have, you know, to pass pro life legislation, all you know, the pain capable legislation, the, the you know, the heartbeat legislation, all those things. We must fight for. We must continue to fight for. But. We have to be present on the healthcare debate too, because if we lose that, we lose it all. Uh, yeah, I and mean, the, and the assault is all over the place, right? You know, before we even got on the phone, we were talking about the Equality Act, right. which would just destroy all religious freedoms and religious liberties. And and basically, you know, I think that and what you're talking about with the single uh, the single payer system is that. You know, faith is going to go right down the toilet, and there's no way a faithful Catholic medical operation would be able to operate. Right, right. So what that and that's the issue. If if we have a free market economy, if we have a a, a, a free market economy in healthcare, um, if we have a, a a healthcare system that has a robust social safety net for the poor uh, and the vulnerable, those that are materially impoverished and those that are disabled and those that are vulnerable. Um, and, and, a, and a robust pro-life free market, um, uh, you know, it's not perfect, um, but it's good. And it protects life, it protects human dignity, it protects religious freedom. And it also advances the ability of, of people of faith, particularly Catholics, uh, to serve others in, in that beautiful Catholic way uh, in healthcare. Uh, and to and to share the love of God with other people in healthcare. If we have a... Uh, Government-controlled single-payer healthcare system. Um, uh, you have a system not only in which it's totally given over to the culture of death; it's it completely normalizes abortion, but it also most likely destroys any authentic Catholic healthcare um, because the premise of that system of single-payer of a of a of a, a socialist healthcare system, or however one wants to call it, or even a, a public option, is that abortion is healthcare. And that if you're going to be in the in the business of providing women's health, uh, you must be either uh, providing abortions, reforming for abortions, and definitely for contraception. And that's not a world in which uh, Catholic healthcare can survive. It's not a world in which 
uh, Catholic OBGYNs and family, uh, family medicine docs can continue to practice. Uh, and it would take uh, essentially the Catholic faith completely out of healthcare, which has disastrous implications uh, for a few reasons. First, Deacon, Catholic healthcare is not just uh, great theologically, right? It's the best healthcare. It is the mm-hmm. best care because God designed the human person, number one. Uh, but number two, uh, the beauty of, of of us as Catholics being present in healthcare is that we can accompany people. Uh, we can walk with them uh, in their journey into eternity, uh, especially at the end of life. If we're not there with them, who will be? Uh, and so I, I believe that our Lord wants us to be present and to, to love and to serve and accompany people uh, in their most vulnerable moments, especially at the end of life. Uh, and we have to fight for the right to do that. It's guaranteed by the Constitution. Uh, it's, it's guaranteed by federal law, but we need to fight for that. And that's where we're at. Well, and I think, you know, to your point, right, elections have consequences. And there's going to be a big election in, in 2020, and people just can't sit back and say, you know, whatever. They have to vote. I mean, they have to partake in or participate in in the public square. But to your point on health care, 150 million Americans are going to lose their private health insurance if right. this were to be enacted. That's right. And and we're going to have talk about a culture of death. You're going to be walking into clinics that are going to be euthanasia is going to be all over the place. Abortion is going to be all over the place. It's going to be eliminate the, eliminate the weak. And you know what? So what about human dignity? We're going to do what we think is best. And that's the government taking over, right? That's 15% of the nation's economy is going to be under the government. That, that, that's right. You know, and, and this is coming from, uh, you know, um, I went to a historically black law school. Um, I've worked on both sides of the political aisle. Uh, and, um, uh, and I just I took over uh, leadership of the Christ Medicus Foundation after a wonderful uh, uh, period of service at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services in D.C. And I used to, I was very aware of the pro-life issue, particularly the unborn, and the the need to uh, prohibit public funding of abortion to make sure that we have pro-life health care. What I did become more fully aware of is the level to which euthanasia is present in our current health care system. That will only get worse um, uh, if we have a single-payer health care system because whether we provide care or not to people that may not have so-called quality of life that, that, that some believe they should, now becomes a budget item uh, uh, in a government budget. Uh, and that's a very uh, scary place to be. Um, uh, there are all alternatives, too. It's not just the, the no's, it's the yes. And, you know, I think something that uh, a Catholic in good conscience should consider uh, is a plan that's been put together um, uh, and supported by many organizations. I've, I've endorsed it uh, in my individual capacity. It's also been endorsed by the Catholic Medical Association, uh, Healthcare Choices 2020. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful uh, pro-life healthcare plan uh, that's out there for Catholics to consider uh, that provides a, a strong social safety net. Uh, it practices this subsidiarity where it gives more power to the states to, that really know how to better serve their citizens and their health care. Um, and it also, I believe, will in the long run uh, lower cost. Uh, and it's a, it's a wonderful alternative to the idea of a single-payer uh, option. And, and so uh, part of the issue, Deacon, is that I've gone around the country in the last seven, eight months, and I've talked to wonderful, well-formed Catholics, and they say, well, what's the problem with Medicare for All? And so we want to 
awaken folks to the reality that that is the perhaps the biggest single threat um, to the unborn, to religious freedom, to Catholic health care uh, in our lifetimes. Um, and whether it's called Medicare for all or single payer or government controlled health care, even a public option, um, that's not a world in which the culture of life can survive. Um, and so the more that we can educate people, talk about it, tell our friends about it, uh, and talk about what the church has to say and the principles by which the church uh, uh, teaches us through the power of the Holy Spirit, teaches us to understand how to evaluate these things, the better off we'll be as a country. Well, and you even have a quote in here from Bernie Sanders. You know, abortion is health care, according to him. When we pass Medicare for all, we will be guaranteeing a woman's right to control her own body by covering comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion. So abortion, as we all know, is murder. And so what he's saying is the woman has a right to kill her baby. And guess what, people? You need to pay for that. And the government's going to make sure this is kind of the the flag that we're going to that we're going to plant and it makes no sense whatsoever when a woman who's pregnant goes to a doctor there's two patients not one that that's right and 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 it also what we're what we're seeing with um some of these uh presidential candidates that are proposing the single payer or the public option or the uh you know some type of government takeover of healthcare um, that would advance abortion and advance sterilization and really and really completely erode religious freedom in health care. Um, we're, we're not just talking about, we're not only talking about uh, a, a serious threat to the unborn and their pregnant mothers, uh, but we're also talking about really the philosophical destruction um, of our uh, civil and human rights. Right. If we don't get the right to life correct, if we don't get the right to religious freedom correct, the foundations of all of our human and civil rights collapse. Um, and and that's the irony of it all. Um, under the guise, under the false guise of trying to provide care for people, um, uh, some voices out there are uh, taking a, a nuclear missile to uh, to our civil rights, our human rights, and our human freedoms. And in so doing, we're losing uh, those God-given rights, those God-given civil and human rights uh, that that this country is founded upon. Um, and so, this is serious business. This is not um, this is not conjecture. Uh, this is not uh, guessing. This is where we're going, and we've seen this before in many different ways. Uh, but I think the tide can be turned. The more people that are aware of the reality of what we what we face. Uh, within this national health care debate, the more that they understand that there are all alternatives like the health care choices plan and other options out there that preserve a free market, that preserve a pro-life health care, that preserve, uh, you know, prohibitions on federal funding of abortion, that preserve religious freedom. Um, uh, and, and the more that we go into our uh, decisions for ourselves, for our businesses, uh, and we make policy and political decisions based on uh, church teaching, the better off we'll be, uh, but we we can't um, we can't take this uh, uh, standing down. We can't take this lightly. Well, and it's, I, I think to your point, right? This isn't crying wolf. I had somebody tell me the other day when we were just talking about the Equality Act. Is this really that important? Or are you guys just trying to blow it up into something? And this is somebody who said, you know what? I don't have time to read about it. I don't have time to study it. I'm too busy. Yet their first 
inclination is you're just making a mountain out of a molehill. And that's exactly the opposite of what is true. It's in the end, you know, you were talking about kind of being like Paul Revere. Somebody's got to raise the flag, and if they're not going to pay attention, then guess what? When it hits the fan, you don't really have a lot of room to complain because you were warned. And so I think this is kind of the warning shot, right? To wake people up and to realize, you know, how bad this is. Because you even point out, and I and I've seen this in other places. Right about performing gender transition therapy, sex reassignment right. surgery, and other right. re- related procedures. So we're going to have this dysphoria become medical care. Right, right. So it's it's normalizing, um, it's normalizing that which is harmful to to people. So so you know, uh, abortion is harmful to the unborn. It's also harmful uh, to women. It hurts women. Um, you know, we see that uh, in uh, gender transition, sex reassignment surgery, the science just does, it, it never has backed it up. Um, it, 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 it's really, uh, it's really harmful to, uh, the patients that it is provided to. Uh, and whether one agrees or disagrees with, uh, uh, you know, uh, sex reassignment surgery, gender transitioning, you know, gender horm- hormonal therapy and all of that, uh, there's no world in which, uh, Catholic, Hospitals and, and other f- medical facilities should be forced to do it. So we in California, there's two. There's already two lawsuits, state state court lawsuits, in which uh, Catholic hospitals uh, are being sued because they've refused to provide sterilization services. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier this summer, we became aware of a, uh, a a a nurse of faith who I believe was Catholic in Vermont, who was coerced into performing and to participating in an abortion at her hospital. Um, and and so these stories are happening all over all over the place. Um, if we come in and uh, and and permit our country to have a single payer healthcare system that's based on the belief that abortion is healthcare, uh, that we must coerce uh, Catholic and other uh, faith based entities to do sterilization and to refer for contraception or provide contraception if you're going to be in women's health, all of these things. Religious freedom and healthcare gone, um, you know the right to life gone, and all these other things uh, collapse. And this happens in two or three years. And so we either have a choice to uh, wake up and be aware and pray about how God's calling you into into this struggle for life and for religious freedom and for our human and civil rights and civil rights protections, um, or we will wake up in three years from now and it will have happened, uh, and 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 the struggle will be over for this generation. That's where we're at. And 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 that's what we face. But a lot can be done about it. Yeah, it's not too late. But the point is, it's never too late until it's too late, right? I mean, in the end, if you do nothing and then it, this takes place, then you can scream and holler all you want. Nothing's going to happen because, you know, we're talking about socialistic medicine, right? And socialism basically at its premise is government knows more than the people and the government will dictate to the people what's going on. And that's exactly what will happen in healthcare. If if you know some of these people who are delusional that are running for president get in, right? That, that's right. And I think some of this, to me, you know, um, my saintly, amazing mother um, uh, started nagging at me uh, in twenty. It was either twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen about Fatima, and I I knew a little bit about Fatima, but hadn't paid a ton of attention. And I finally started realizing, okay, I need to pay attention to Fatima. And I think some of what we're seeing now and what we face now, um, we can understand 
through Fatima when the Blessed Mother talked about the eras of Russia being spread. And and some of those eras uh, that we still have with us is the idea uh, that uh, we can be good, uh, that the that humanity can be good without God, um, and, uh, and, and that we can create our own utopia without the Lord. Uh, and that um, and, and that socialism that places the state uh, above all else, and that in, in which the state really replaces God, is okay. And that's that's the fight we're in: um, is whether uh, we are going to have a free society uh, in which uh, human freedom, patient freedom, uh, a right to life, religious freedom is respected and protected. And we understand that our rights come for, from our creator or whether we will have a society in which the state dictates our rights, which they can freely give or take away, uh, and that all freedom is diminished. Uh, 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 and, and what we understand as the United States, uh, we just don't quite have uh, the way we've had it for so long. Um, and that's And that's really the choice that we face. And I know that things are difficult. Uh, there's a lot going on in Washington. I live in, you know, I'm I'm here on Capitol Hill. I'm, I can see, uh, you know, I'm just a stone's throw away, really, from the Senate office buildings from where I'm stationed here right now. Um, and it's really hard and it's really difficult. Um, but when you're facing uh, an opportunity to advance uh, our God-given human rights and our God-given uh, civil rights, which are guaranteed by the Constitution, uh, and, and, and and between that world and a world in which all of those things are, are, are collapsing uh, and being taken away, um, our consciences can be formed well by what the church has to say on, on all of these issues. And I encourage people to form their conscience and listen to uh, the teaching documents of the bishops and understand what the church has to say about life, about making informed decisions in health care, uh, and our political and policy decisions, now is the time to do that and to have those discussions with friends and family. Well, there's a really good book that Archbishop Fulton Sheen had written. It's called Freedom Under God, where he kind of goes into what happens when the government takes over and people become cogs in the machine. And one of his quotes is, look, when you take religion out of society, what you end up with is chaos. Right? You're going to have murder. You're going to have disillusionment. I mean, it's going to be in, uh, in a situation where people are going to wonder, how did we get here? Yet they're going to be the ones who contributed because they didn't do anything. Right, 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 right. And so, yes. No, go ahead. Yeah, and, and, I, and I, I, could not, I could not agree with you more. And I think the good news is that there's still time. Um, you know, I, I would encourage people to, you know, our, our, our website, Christmedicus.org. It's C H R I S T M E D I C U S dot org. Christmedicus.org. You can go online, uh, you know, uh, sign up uh, to stay involved, and, and we'll be sending you updates and alerts and press releases. Um, share the information on our website. Uh, our media appearances um, are we have a journal uh, on religious freedom and health care. Uh, we'll be writing articles regularly throughout next year on these topics. Um, share those with your friends. Share those with your family. Uh, also encourage uh, you know physicians that are listening and medical professionals that are listening to get involved with uh, the Catholic Medical Association, uh, you know uh, locally and nationally, and stay aware of 
what they're writing and uh, the debates going on that they're engaged in because Catholic Medical Station does an, an outstanding job. And then I think I think use what the church is given and and use the uh, I think you know uh, our efforts to uh, educate folks about uh, the reality of where we're at with the fight for life and religious freedom, and then make informed decisions and encourage your uh, your friends and your family members, your colleagues, your community, especially in, in Denver and especially in Colorado, to make informed decisions about the health care that that you have, um, your own family's health care plan, making sure that it's as pro-life as it possibly can be, making, uh, if you own a business, uh, checking out and making sure that's the best pro-life health care that your business can have. Uh, and when it comes to evaluating different health care proposals, uh, uh, that that are in the the political debate um, really bring to bear the full force of what uh, the Holy Spirit has provided to us uh, uh, through through the popes, through the bishops, and the, these various teaching documents, which uh, we uh, uh, seek to uh, make more accessible uh, at Christ Medicus Foundation, the same at Catholic Medical Association. If 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 someone can do those things in terms of their own individual healthcare decisions their healthcare decisions for their family uh, and their businesses and make informed uh, decisions about healthcare policy proposals and candidates um, uh, on a day in day out basis, we will have a radically more positively uh, uh, different world that's more in tune with the culture of life than the culture of death going forward. So that's the opportunity before us. Well, and so we're down to about a minute. I can't believe it went this fast. But one of the things I really liked about your article, and you just really covered it, was at the end, you give action steps, or you have what can be done. This isn't, hey, you know, the sky's falling, the sky's falling, it's too late. It's, hey, there are some serious things going on here, and here's what can be done. So, again, I would encourage people to go on the website Public Discourse. The title of the article is Healthcare, the Greatest Pro-Life Political Battle of Our Time. And read the article, because I think you do a great job of laying out what the problem is, but then here's what you can do. So you don't leave here thinking, well, it's too late, nothing I can do. There are action steps, and you have you know, four things that can be done, and you kind of spell them out, and I think you just kind of covered it. And so, again, what is the, what is, uh, the website that you want people to go to to keep track of things again? Sure. Uh, they can go to... Uh ChristMedicus.org. It's Christ, C-H-R-I-S-T-M-E-D-I-C-U-S.org. They can also go to uh, ReligiousFreedomCampaign.org. Uh, either way, sign up. Uh, we'll keep you informed. 